Roughing the Podcaster, Humber's number one football podcast. This is Daniel McNeil, and uh, I'm here with Brooks Primo, and we have a new host here, Matt McLeod. This is the uh, second episode of Roughing the Podcaster. We're going to be talking about Monday Night Football. We're going to be talking about the rest of Week 14, Comeback Player of the Year of the NFL, uh, Most Valuable Player in the NFL as well, Pacquiao going night-night, UFC on Fox, and also the NBA. And tell me about it. When Pacquiao got knocked out, you don't even know how happy I was. He went to sleep. Like that. Okay, so uh, guys, Monday Night Football, the Houston Texans, who were supposed to be one of the badass teams in the AFC, pretty much got destroyed by the Patriots in New England. What do you guys think about that? I mean, um, if New England gets the first seed in the AFC, and let's say Houston plays New England in the AFC Championship game, I mean, do you give Houston a shot <laughs> against New England in New England or, or not? I honestly thought that they would have done better. I, I honestly thought they would have done better than they did last night just because of how dominant Houston has been this year. It was just such a, I guess not a surprise to see New England dominate, but just the way they just took over Houston. I did not see that coming. Yeah, I wasn't surprised about the, the blowout, really. But the thing I was surprised about was the Patriots did it without Gronkowski. Like, I thought, without Gronkowski, I thought it would be a pretty close game, maybe 7, 10 points, but not... 28 points. Yeah, 28. And uh, yeah, you could just see from the beginning of the game, the Patriots had the pace going. Brady was making just about every throw. The Texans couldn't coordinate their defense properly. They, they seemed lost at times, like that one Hernandez touchdown. He was, he was waving at Brady. Which is kind of weird because it seems for the majority of the season, the Texans' defense has been on point. Yeah, and J, uh, J.J. Watt, he was... He got to Brady a lot, but he got no sacks and no pass uh pass deflections, which is surprising because the Texans are leading the league in that. Oh yeah. So like uh, there's like five throws where it just barely missed the Texans player's arm, but still got to the receiver. They gotta play that NFL blitz style defense, just waving their arms over their heads. Yeah, and uh, Jerry. Jer- done better. Uh, before the broadcast, they were talking about how in practice, the the defensive line for the Patriots they had uh, racket ball like tennis rackets, and like when Brady's about to throw, they throw them up to simulate like J.J. Watt's arm going up, and it clearly worked because Brady lit them up. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the, the problem is with Houston's their defense. There's times when they face high-power offenses, and when they do face, you know, top offenses, their defense seems to crumble. I mean, I'm a Packers fan. I know this. When Aaron Rodgers let, lit them out, you know, early in the season, you can tell there was holes on this defense, and Tom Brady did the same thing as Aaron Rodgers did. He just threw down the field. He got those big yards, those big plays that uh, that they got, that, that they needed, and they executed on them. And Houston's good, don't get me wrong, but when it comes to pass defense, I don't think they're as strong enough as they are um, against the run. And they got to do something with that because Brady's one of those quarterbacks that if you can't get to him, he'll make you pay. And the Green Bay game was the same thing. They weren't go- getting after the guy. He was, he was getting time in the pocket, and he got he was getting touchstones on them. Houston's got to fix that. And I don't think Houston's really a good road team either. I mean, that that's another thing as well. Well, Houston was undefeated on the road, weren't they, until that game? Yeah, really? really? Last yeah. Wow, that's shocking. But, like, yeah, when you look at the opponents, they, like, their two biggest opponents, Green Bay and uh, New England, completely exposed them. And uh, Well, with that, that brings up the question, like, with this season that Houston's had, do you think that the Texans could be classified like with those other Yeah, teams are they, are they the pretenders or yeah. contenders as the that old saying yeah. goes? And uh yeah, last night uh as a Patriots fan, I was really worried about Andre Johnson cuz the last few weeks he broke didn't he break the NFL record for like most receiving yards in like two game span? I think he might have. Yeah. So I was really worried about him, but uh Akeem Talib really he sh- basically shut him down, which I keep to leave. We got him for a six-round pick, I believe. Yeah, it was a pretty good deal. That was actually. a big steal. Yeah. yeah, and then even when he went down with a hip hip injury, 
uh, Alfonso Denard, he, he's a rookie, and he came in, and he basically shut down Andre as well. So basically, once you take away Johnson, the offense is really limited. Like, they have Arian Foster, who's a top, probably top three running back, aside from, like, LaShawn McCoy and probably Adrian Peterson. But he can't do everything himself. He Even he didn't do too much, which was good because that helped me win my fantasy matchup because <laughs> he needed to get, like, 40 points for me to lose. Well, I think it, if Houston's offense needs to be effective, you have to – Peterson. I mean, Foster has to be a factor. That's the bottom line. He's your best playmaker on the team. I know I love – Andre Johnson's – don't get me wrong. He's one of the top, best wide receivers in the league, but Foster does everything for the team. He runs. He can catch the ball as well. He's fast. He's He, he has power. I mean, the thing about it is that he was not a factor in that game, and because he wasn't a factor in that game – Houston couldn't put points on the board. I think Houston's almost like in the same uh, level as Atlanta because you don't know what, what you, uh, to expect out of that team each uh, week. When you look at Atlanta, they got a good team as well, but then, there, then there's times when they don't play as good as well um, as good, including their offense and their defense. And so I think both teams are showing inconsistencies on both sides. And I feel like to me, I don't think they're both, you know, Super Bowl contenders at this point right now. And we'll see, you know, during the, I mean, we'll see, you know, down the road if the, uh, these two teams can compete. Uh, yeah, I see. Like, even though Houston had a horrible game, I still see them at least winning one game. And uh, depends on depends where they finish. Because if the Patriots finish first or Denver finishes first, then Houston would have a pretty tough game. But if they finish in the top two, they'll get either Denver, Baltimore, or, like, Pittsburgh. Well, well, I mean, look at it this way. If they played Baltimore and Pittsburgh now, let's just say the playoffs started next week, right? And let's just say, like, you know, the the bye week ended and they had to play Pittsburgh or Baltimore. Do you give? Do you think Houston would be able to beat either of those teams, knowing how good both defenses are? Oh, uh, over the Ravens, I would say definitely yes. Their defense is not what they used to be. And we'll, we'll probably talk about this later, but uh, yeah, like every week, you, they just get keep they just keep getting worse and worse. Like against the Dallas Cowboys in a game they won, they let up I think over 200 rushing yards. Uh, yesterday they let Kirk Cousins they win by eight with like two minutes left, and they let Kirk Cousins, a rookie, come in when RG3 got hurt, score a touchdown, and then score the two pointer. And then yeah, the Ravens if their offense isn't with Joe Flacco. He's so, so inconsistent that I would take Matt Schaub over him. And the Steelers, with Big Ben healthy, they're up there. But their defense also is, hasn't been as good they, as they usually are. But I would give them a better chance than the Ravens against the Texans probably. All right, so uh, also we had a game um, as well uh, Sunday night. Uh, between the uh, Packers and Lions. I'm going to go to this game like just quickly. The Lions, what happened to this team last year? Ten wins this year. I mean, they might have five or six wins at best. I mean, this team really would probably one of the most disappointing teams uh, of 2012. You guys agree with that? Yeah. Aside from Stafford and Megatron, like, even Stafford, he hasn't had the best year. Like last year, he was amazing. And he's still he's second in yards this year, but he's he hasn't been as good. And uh, you can see that their team has a lot of holes. And I I didn't get to watch the Packers game. Well, I got to watch the second half I think, but even then I didn't really pay attention much because I didn't really care. Well, for the longest time I never really bought into the hype with Stafford. And sure last year he did great, but I mean it was only a matter of time before he came back down to earth. And with the way that Detroit just improved ridiculously last year they've been a huge letdown this year and that's coming from a Colts fan who witnessed a, a 2 and 12 team last year and can we just squish that whole Madden curse thing now <laughs> like that's been irritating me all year like the first few games I was like Megatron wasn't that good I was like oh maybe this is real like I never really believed it aside, really aside from Sean Alexander like, what, about, what about Mike Vick though 2004 Vick he got hurt in the preseason, missed the whole year. Yeah, and then he got the dog thing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> or uh, what's another example of the Madden curse? Uh, well, I mean, there was one with uh, um, I guess you would say Donovan, Donovan McNabb in 06. 
Oh God, McNabb as well. Yeah. The year after, I think they went to the Super Bowl. That and wasn't year. it the year uh, Ray Lewis was on the cover and ended up getting yeah. charged? Yeah, there was a few of them. Favre also got stung by it as well. Well, that's because Favre was a, an idiot and started sending out dick pics to everybody. And it, <laughs> yeah, wasn't that the year he went to the Jets too? Yeah. Because the, the funniest thing was, when they released it... It was a package cover, the Packers, and, then, and then they and released then another... They gave, like, yeah. a free updated cover for everybody, so they could print it out. But yeah, like, uh, Johnson, beginning of the year, he wasn't that good, but now he's first in receiving yards. He doesn't have the same touchdowns he had last year. Like no, he's no, way below pace. Close. So right, like, there, I guess you could say it, but like, he's still dominating the NFC, really. Well, there aren't, well, who else could really challenge him in the NFC? Yeah, as receiver. receiver. Yeah, I can't really think yeah, of Yeah, it's not really many. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Jennings, maybe, but he's been you hurt. What about Deshaun Jackson? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's who I was thinking of as well. Oh, but he's playing on a piss poor Eagles team. Brandon Marshall, he's up there too. Yeah, Marshall's Chicago. up there too. And then let me look through the teams. Roddy White and Julio Jones there. I would say they're up there, but they're not at the same tier as Megatron Brandon right now. Had, he's had 1,200, 1,300. Yeah. And then this year, Vincent Jackson. For Tampa mm-hmm. Bay, he mm-hmm. has been unbelievable. San Diego, they really... San Diego, the last, like, three years, they got rid of Darren Sproles. <laughs> he went to New Orleans and broke the record for most yards from scrimmage. Yeah. Of scrimmage. They gave rid of Vincent Jackson, and now he's one of the best receivers in the league. He's just absolutely tearing it up. I personally San... think San Diego's, like, downward spiral yeah. started when... And back in the day... got rid of Breeze. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's when it all started. And even then, they traded Eli. They traded the draft oh, pick for Eli Mang <laughs> for <laughs> Philip Rivers. Oh yeah, that really worked out for them. I like it. Always gets me that picture from the from draft day with Eli Manning holding a Chargers jersey, and he looks so depressed. But then when it shows him afterwards, when he goes yeah. to the Giants, he's like the happiest happy kid as alive, a goddamn yeah. clam. Okay, so <laughs> next, I think we'll talk about the NFC East. Pretty close race there. All all four teams won, but Phillies, they're, they're done. Yeah. So out of the three remaining teams, whose win were you most impressed with, and who do you think will win the division? The Giants are eight and five, and then Redskins and Cowboys are both seven and six. I personally think that uh, as long as this RG3 knee injury isn't too serious, he'll keep the Redskins in, in the playoff picture. They'll, yeah. they'll pass the Cowboys. I still yeah, think the then, Giants are going to take yeah, the Yeah, they've... Uh, the, the Redskins have the easiest division... I mean, the, the easiest, sorry, the easiest schedule, schedule out of the yeah. three. But it all all depends on Eli Mang for me. Because, yes... Sorry, uh, Sunday, he, he had like four or five bad games straight. Mm-hmm. And Sunday, he completely lit up the other team. I forget who they played. They played New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, the New Orleans. Yeah, I didn't watch that game. Dude, I was rough. Didn't watch many games. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You told me that. Oh, cool story. Segway. <laughs> Saturday segue. Saturday afternoon, I ref Teppel Newman in. His team sucked. Oh, my God. Before the game, we had to go over. Well, when was the last time that a, that a pretty good player was a good coach in any sport? Oh, these kids were like seven years old. <laughs> Still, it's about coaching, yeah. damn it. But, yeah, uh, like before the game, we had to go shake their hands and everything. So I go, and it was Buffalo versus Guelph. And then I go, I shake his hand, I look at him, I'm like, I know who you are. And then, like, I'm I'm thinking, like, there's no way that's him. And then as I'm skating around, I keep looking, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely him. And I look at the game sheet, I see his name, I'm like, oh, I'm repping Temple Newman in right now. <laughs> and yeah, their, their team just got completely dominated. I think it was, like, probably, like, 6 nothing. The golf team was amazing. Anyways... Back to the NFC East. The Dallas Cowboys won. I, for one, was not impressed with that win at all. And then uh, Washington beat uh, Baltimore, which was impressive, seeing as how they were down late. But I still found it impressive that they still managed both the win with RG3 leaving the game. Yeah, the thing about and RG3, when he got injured, he still completed the next two passes. Yeah. And you could see he could not stand on a leg. And then he just drops down. And Cousins comes in. He he throws it incomplete but got a pass interference call. RG3 comes back in. I think he made a few passes and missed some. And then, yeah, he just fell down to all fours. And he was, like, you knew something was definitely mm-hmm. wrong. And I bet a bunch of Redskins fans, if they exist, 
like they're. I've never personally met any. Yeah, so neither have I. Their heart must have they're, stopped. They're make believe like leprechauns and yeah. Eskimos. And then, <laughs> and then Kirk Cousins comes in and he was actually impressive. Like that touchdown throw was nice. He it got, was. He got right over. Who was it? I forget who it is. But right over, like missed him by like that much, by like a few inches. Still managed to get the pass off. Yeah. And then the two pointer, he ran it in by himself, which was like when you have. Even though they're without Ray Lewis, they're still like a scary team to face because mm-hmm. they have like Haloti and they didn't have Suggs either. But like with Haloti Nada, who's he's he's a am- he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's tall and he's like 340 pounds and he runs like a linebacker. It's ridiculous. Like at one point he forced RG3 out of the pocket and he s- chased him to the sidelines and he was probably like a foot behind him the whole time. And RG3 is up there with fastest in the league, probably. What do you think, Daniel? Uh, I, don't, I don't know who's coming out in that uh, NFC East. It seems to me the Cowboys, for some reason, each year they always kind of, like, do this, where, like, they, they have, like, these slow stars, and then they start, like, you know, winning a few games in a row, and then, like, in December, they're fighting for that playoff spot. And then somehow, like, they always somehow mess it up. And I feel like it's either going to be the, the Redskins or the Giants. I'm hoping it's not the Giants because... How for the second straight year you're fighting for the division again? Like you guys are Super Bowl champions and you're fighting for the the division again? I mean, it just seems to me that they they play this card too too much where they they play like the wild card team and they they shock everybody in the playoffs and they win the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't want to see that again this year. And I think I'm having that feeling that they might pull that again. I've said this for years. The Giants are easily, the, in my opinion, they're the luckiest team at. Alicia Manning is not are as you, good. Are as you just Avatar. saying that as a Pats fan though, or? Well, partly, but when you when you watch their games, yeah. Like I mean, sorry, when you watch their Super Bowl runs, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the luckiest catch in NFL history, they are you don't... still going on about that one? The Tyrell catch. Yeah, like well, if it wasn't for that, they don't win that. Well, they most likely don't win the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, that can alive that game. Yeah, and then uh. What about the last one? In the chat, wait, in the NF- NFC Championship game. Was it Ted Ginn Jr.? Uh, yeah, no, no, it was um, Williams. Williams, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he, it's he, he muffed, like, two punt returns leading to touchdowns. And then in the Super Bowl, you have Tom Brady, who misses a wide-open Wes Welker. Threw it high. And Welker, well, he still got his hands on, but he dropped it. And that Mario Manningham catch. There's no reason Eli should throw that, and obviously he catches it because he's the luckiest people ever. I, I do admit, it, he's got horseshoes up his ass, that's yeah. true. And yeah. Damn Mannings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I and, see Yeah, the they always, they always back their way into the playoffs, but... Not the Super Bowl, the division. If RG3's healthy... That, and I, I've i always believed this, that Tony Romo cracks under pressure all the time. Oh, yeah, remember that... And uh, the pressure of them having to make this, like, comeback... Remember, like, that field goal? Just to make the playoffs... Remember that field goal or extra point? Oh god, yeah, fumbled? when he fumbled it. Oh. Uh, said, "Oh man, I should need that popcorn." Okay, so we'll talk about year two teams now. The Packers won. Mr. Packers fan. Yeah, Mr. Packers, Mr. Cheesehead. Packers won. They improved to what are they nine and four now? Yeah. And they're a game above Chicago uh, for the division. I, like to how I the realize Bears, they're three and three on the road. I, I like to say how the Bears are chokers. You know, they're 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 gonna be they're they're, they're choking. Man. Well, when was the last time they had a starting quarterback? A legit starting quarterback. Well, I think Cutler well, I would, is. I'd no, say, Cutler is, but yeah. I mean, is one of those guys that um. He's not a leader. He's not elite by any means. Yeah, but he's if, not a leader though. If there's anything that I've ever heard on South Park that was any more true, it was when they showed Jay Cutler on there and Sam went up to him and said, "Hey, you're Jay Cutler." My dad says you're not that good, but maybe you will be someday. <laughs> That's cold. <laughs> and you know what? That's how I feel about Jay Cutler. Like, sure, he's got all this potential and promise, but, I mean, he hasn't really shown it so far. He hasn't. And the thing about Cutler is just, uh, you know, I, I just feel like he's a fine quarterback, but Brandon Marshall, it seems like he, that's the only wide receiver he's able to be clipping, clicking in his career. Denver was Brandon Marshall. In Chicago was Denver, uh, Denver um, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall. Sorry, yeah. He can't. I mean, I like Johnny Knox. I think that dude has potential, but he doesn't use him. He doesn't use Devin Hester either. Uh, maybe he uses Forty or Mar- uh, or Marshall. That's I, lo- I love Devin he Hester. Uses. Yeah, I mean, 
I, mean, I don't even care if he works out as a wide receiver or yeah. not. Just him as a kick returner. Yeah. I love that guy. Well, Randall Cobb, I mean, he's not the greatest kick returner, but he does have, um, he, he is a threat. And I like how Aaron Rodgers uses him in the passing game. Why don't Jay Cutter take some of his notes and use Devin Hester, I mean, Devin Hester in the passing game as well? And he does it. He doesn't use him. And now Erlacher is gone as well now. I mean, that, that team's in trouble. Their defense is aging right now. And I don't see this team, you know, what Peterson did to them. It's. I think the Bears are done. Yeah, I don't really see yeah, them making too yeah, much. Uh, yeah, yeah, they really, they really misuse Devin Hester. Like he's clearly not as good as a receiver as he's a returner. Oh no. But still, if you pull a, a Patriots and Wes Welker kind of thing and give him screen passes, with his speed he'll be able to beat any defender. Oh yeah. And sure. he and he could run downfield. Yeah, and he could run downfield for the long bomb. And uh, but even Aaron Rodgers, like I watched a bit of the game. Then I had to leave, and he wasn't playing as good as he usually does. Like he didn't have a he had a rushing touchdown, didn't he? But he didn't have a passing touchdown. And like the la- yeah, last few games, he hasn't been as good as he should be. Well, the offensive line contributes to that, right? I mean, when you when he's always running in 99 percent of the plays away from the defenders, I mean, you know, you can't do anything about it. I mean, our offensive line they're, they're young, and to me, because they're inexperienced against you know veteran defense. Uh, Defensive teams, they they start to he starts they start to crumble and he starts to run away and and get sacked. He doesn't throw that's why he doesn't throw that many interceptions because he tries to wait, run away from the defenders and some and then instead of throwing the ball out of bounds he gets sacked. Yeah, that's, that's one of his problems. I mean he's the he's the complete opposite of Brett Favre. You know Favre threw ints when he when he was like in trouble. Aaron Rodgers gets sacked when he's in trouble. Yeah, Favre threw ints all the time anyways. So. Well. <laughs> Yeah. That's the last game I remember about him against the Saints. In oh, the, that's that Saints game. Yeah. The <laughs> NFC that, Championship yeah, game. Yeah, you threw the interception. I was like, there you go, Beckham. The greatest, though, was the announcer. I think it was the Minnesota announcer. Oh, yeah. Basically just ripping on him, saying, no, yeah. you don't do that. Yeah. You well, do that, like, week two. Just yeah. because he was running and threw across his body and immediately got picked off. I don't I don't like that throw, but I don't like how the commentator was, was going at him yeah. like that. I hate that. Oh, well. Yeah, no, I, I didn't like that at all. I mean... First of all, you have that stupid coach Brad Childress, who got a penalty just before that, and then Favre, who you know all they had to use was use P- Peterson on the next play, but now because they got a delay of game, it was five yards, and then Favre had to do that throw. I mean, if <laughs> Childress would have been able to watch the clock properly, they wouldn't have got a penalty on that play, and Favre wouldn't have thrown an interception. That's the bottom line. And that and, and that whole game, I like to say too, that whole game, his body was getting battered, man. That whole game. That's what I gotta say. He put his body on the line in that game. Yeah. Was it for Brett Favre? You guys have would have made it that far. Really would have whipped your ass. Okay, so the last game <laughs> that we're going to talk about before awards, Chuck Strong continues. Love, I love that. Uh, now Matt, Matt's a Colts fan. Man. Do, you, what kind of odds do you give your team to win or go far in the playoffs? Because I don't think you'd put them I in the Super Bowl right now. I don't think they'll go deep in the playoffs. I can see them winning in the first round. Yeah. Because they're a nine and four record, which. I don't think anybody saw coming going into this year. I I, I honestly thought five, six, seven. Yeah, wins. I gave them maybe five wins tops. Yeah, and that's as a Colts fan. But I'm not gonna jump on the Andrew Luck hype train immediately and say, oh, he's the greatest thing since fucking sliced bread. Think about Andrew Luck. He he's clutch. He makes great throws, but he also makes a stupid throw for every great throw yeah. he makes. Like he. He's like one interception less than touchdowns. He's one of those, he's one of those like two steps forward, one step back. Yeah, he's like 24 turnovers this year. Oh yeah, which is ridiculous. Like even but still even like, on Sunday's game, he had one TD pass and yet he also threw two picks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he takes a lot of risks, but that's what you expect from a young player. Like he's winning games. I give all. him credit for going with that because obviously high risk, high risk will mean high reward. And so if he pulls that off, I mean he's done that enough by getting them to a nine-win season so far. And okay, and now on to awards predictions. Comeback player of the year. I think we'd all agree that it's probably down to two players. Adrian Pearson and Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning's up there in pa- like every passing category. Oh, yeah. Peterson's leading in rush yards. He has 10 touchdowns. After that ridiculous first quarter alone he had on Sunday. Yeah. I would have given him a slight edge, but you can't deny the way Manning has turned around the Broncos. Yeah. And also, Manning had... Four neck surgeries? Four, right? In four. total, yeah. Yeah, four. I know he had at least two last year. He missed a whole year. Oh, yeah. He missed and he comes back, year. and the first few games you can see 
He was rusty. His arm wasn't as powerful. But then, like, he would get warmed up, and after a few games, he was back to the old pay Manning. Mm-hmm. And then Adrian Pearson, he basically he screwed up his knee in, like, third last game, I think. And usually with those injuries, you'd be out for a long time. But he missed yeah, the last... Yeah, missed... like, fucking up your knee? That could be a career ender right there. Yeah, he missed the, the, like, last two games of the season, and he came back for the first game this season. And he's better than ever before. So who would you guys give it to? I got to go with Peterson. Why not? I mean, I thought his career was, like, done. He's put the team on his back. Christian Ponder hasn't done anything this year. I mean, if they make the playoffs, it's because of him. And to me, he... Is probably I've never seen this guy run as good as he is now ever in his career. Even like the old 708 Peterson, where he ran like 16, 1700 yards. This Peterson is probably the best I've seen. He's yeah. a monster. Yeah, I got He's a menace to society. I gotta give it to Peterson, Peterson right now too. Like, what Manning has done is amazing, but when you think about it, even though, even with the surgeries, he still missed a year. Peterson missed basically no time, and he comes back at the top of the like. I'd put him at the best running back in the league right now. Like, I'd I'd definitely give it to Peterson too, just because with running backs, if they get like an injury like that, then usually they're done for. Yeah. Like I think that's the same type of thing that happened with Priest Holmes. I remember he used to be awesome. Like the the lifespan, I, I guess I could say, of the career of a running yeah. back to be at an elite it's really level, short, it's yeah. very short. And for Peterson to actually come back from something like that and have a, the season he's had so far. He's, I, he's my pick for And yeah, like, like Daniel pointed out, he's Christian Ponder as a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Then you and, know you have to carry the team when you got yeah, him as a quarterback. Yeah, and like you would think that teams, knowing that Ponder can't throw at a high level, that they would... Ponder can't do much at a high level. Yeah. You would think that they'd play, like, basically just play the run and let Ponder beat them. But, like, even if they play the run, Peterson still runs to the outside. He'll run inside. He'll do. He'll catch a pass every now exactly. and then. Exactly. I'm surprised he hasn't thrown a touchdown yet. Yeah. <laughs> be a better option and they're seven and six that's respectable for minnesota a team with one player really yeah that's true i mean i I expected this team to be dead last in in our division so they're gonna be fighting for a playoff spot right now you know and now on to the most important award other than super bowl mvp i know i know daniel's been campaigning for mr discount double choke yeah but uh who would you give it to after week 14 well, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's so many players. I would say, um, you know, I love Aaron Rodgers, but I think Peterson's got to be my MVP. Yeah. The guy's going to run over 2,000 yards this season. Uh, it's either him or Manning or Brady, I guess you would say. But I just feel like, to me, Peterson, he's got to be, man. This guy's on a tear the last five, six weeks, averaging 123 yards a game. I mean, come on, man. I, he could, he could actually break the record too as well. Yeah. You know if he keeps running like the way he's been the last four, four or five weeks, I think it's Peterson. Well, if they if they make the playoffs, I think you have to at least make the playoffs to be considered uh, an, an uh, MVP candidate. If not, then I think it's got to be Manning because this guy came back from neck surgery. Denver, who won nine games last year, they're gonna win like twelve games this year. I like I think Manning's gonna be the guy. He's gonna do it. Who do you have, Mr. Matt? My pick, as much as I don't like them. As much as I don't like the Pats, I have to go with Brady. Just because, I mean, without him, I don't think they would be as great as they are. I mean, look at the season when Brady went down. Who who do they have to rely on? Matt Castle. How's he doing in Kansas City? Exactly, no, no. exactly. He, he, he did have a good year, though. Yeah, he did, yeah. But, he but wasn't, that wasn't Brady good. Yeah, with, oh, with no. The and they missed Not the, even close. That was the yeah, only they year the playoffs, they missed the playoffs. That, that just goes to show you. And all the time Brady's been with the Pats... The one year they missed the playoffs is when he he's out. down, yeah. And with how dominant he has been with them this season, he gets my vote without a doubt. Okay, I have a I have a top five list that I prepared. Oh man, you have a top five. Five? It's a three-way tie. Rogers, <laughs> Rogers, Luck, and a top five list with a three-way tie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fine, I have a five, six, I have a seven list. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, Luck, Rogers, and RG3. I think all of them they all having good seasons and. Mm. Without them, they'd be no, the teams would be nowhere, obviously. I can admit that as a Colts fan. Uh, four, I have a defensive player, Mr. J.J. Watt. Uh, he is 16 and a half sacks and 15 pass deflected. I think he's the first player to ever have those stats. And without him, he's basically uh, he's basically the heart and soul of that defense. Like without him, they'd be mediocre. But with him, they're amazing. 
At three, I have Peterson because he his numbers speak for themselves. Oh, of course. And then two and one, they're interchangeable. I can't really decide. It's Manning. Some, some weeks it's, it's one, some weeks yeah, it's two. Yeah. That type of it's thing. Ma- Before last night's game, I was like, okay, it's Manning because what he's done with Denver is amazing. And then after last night's game, the guy had Manning one, Brady two, and then the rest were the same. And after last night's game, I'm like, I, I'm not so sure right now. Brady one, Manning two. Yeah, Brady. Because <laughs> when you look at the numbers, they have like the same, basically the same everything. But Brady has, I think, six less interceptions. Like he has 29 touchdowns and four interceptions. That's that's basically uh, his numbers from 2010 when he had 36 and four. And he's on pace for like 4,800 yards, which would be near the top of the league. And then week two, he loses Aaron Hernandez. And he didn't really play regularly until like a few weeks ago. And when he came back, Gronkowski got, in, got injured. And obviously when you lose the best tight end in the league, that's obviously a big blow to your team. And he's, he, they haven't missed a beat. Like last night without Gronkowski, they still ripped up the Texans. Oh, of course. They still tore everything up like just imagine that he had Hernandez and Gronkowski all year oh. like I mean, the thing with Brady <laughs> that's is that, not fair the thing with Brady is that he never had really weapons really in his career Wells Welker I guess, until 2007 yeah when Brad Moss came to Moss. town yeah, that's mean, the only year he had I mean, that's when he started having he really people had any weapons and for him to still be able to uh click with like the lesser one wide receivers I mean that that, that amazes me because a, a, a wide receiver is a quarterback's best friend and if the wide receiver is not good enough, then the quarterback can't really do anything. But he makes the other wide receivers good. And that's why uh, Brady, to me, uh, he has sort of that edge over Manning. But again, I mean, Denver lost Brandon Lloyd, right? I mean, mm-hmm. come on. That was their, that was their best Yeah, and Manning. Well. He, Manning basically made Demarius Thomas and yeah, Eric Decker. he did, yeah. But then, yeah, you look at Brady. Like, before Wes Walker came to the Patriots, no one knew who he was. Like, he was a punt return from Miami, really. And, uh... Their running game is amazing this year, and a lot of a lot of people don't give credit to Brady for the running game, but you have to, because if they had Christian Ponder, and they had like Stephen Ridley, he would not have over a thousand yards. Because when when you have Brady and like the team respects the passing game, it opens up the running game, mm-hmm. and when your running game's open, you can throw it more. So his numbers and just like even though he's had. And people at the beginning of the year, oh, Welker, yo, they're not, yo, they're not playing him, yo. They don't want him anymore. And then he's over 1,000 yards with 100 catches. Oh, I just don't see how you could give it to anybody but Brady or Manning. I could see, like, I could still see Pearson if he breaks 2,000 yards and they make the playoffs. Like, if he has the rest of the season more games like yeah. Sunday's game, then I can see them giving yeah. it to him. Okay, so Daniel has to go for a meeting now. So at 10.30. We're going to bring in our boxing and MMA analyst, Etienne <laughs> Logan. We'll be back in a minute, folks. Okay, we're back with our MMA and boxing analyst, Etienne Logan. How you doing today, Etienne? I'm good. How are you guys doing? All right. Yeah. So, uh, as the whole world knows, Manny Pacquiao, I guess... Juan Marquez, yeah? Yeah, there it is. Uh, got knocked out in the sixth round with two seconds left. So as the boxing guy here, what are your thoughts on that fight? Man, I don't know. I it's like I thought Manny was like totally focused. I thought he was gonna go in there and just like tear shit up, cause he had like something to prove coming off of a loss, you know, to a guy that I feel he he really beat. So that was kind of controversial in itself. But um, with this fight, you know, stuff happens. Boxer, like anyone could get caught, right? Just that, you know, Manny, had, he seemed to have the fight controlled, and out of nowhere, the guy gets uh, flatlined. Yeah, in that fight, I had Manny, like, dominating the fight, basically. He got knocked down in the third, I believe, but then he knocked down Marquez in the fourth or the fifth. And he was basically, yeah, he was con- like you said, he was controlling the fight. Yeah, he knocked him down. He yeah, him down. but then, yeah, in the sixth round, he got reckless. Yeah. He didn't see that punch coming, and then he went night-night. He did, he did. And uh, there's way too many memes about that. But, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen so many of them. Well, I was listening to us. I, I think my favorite so far is showing Manny lying down there on a, a race car bed. <laughs> really? Yeah. Holy shit. I was listening to uh, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless this morning. And I've never heard a guy laugh as hard as Stephen A. Smith was about that knockout. 
because he's like the guy. He's basically like, oh, May- Mayweather would kill him. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, he was he was. I never heard him laugh so yeah, hard. That's, pretty, that's crazy, man. Um, what do you think though? What do you think about Mayweather? Like a Mayweather Pacquiao thing. Yeah. I think, I, I think the time has passed for it to yeah. have been as big as it could have been. Yeah. Just because of Pacquiao coming off of straight losses and how bad that knockout really was. And Mayweather has been on the top of his game for the longest time now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so. who else can there really be to step up to yeah, I, give Mayweather such a challenge? I tweeted right after him, like, this is why the Mayweather and Pacquiao fight should have happened, like, over a year ago. Yeah. But Mayweather's just been ducking him. I still buy, stand by the stance. People say Pacquiao's scared. I say Mayweather's scared. Hey, you know, but now he has nothing to really be scared about because he has no reason to fight him now. I don't know if it's a matter of being scared. I just think there's so many different things that both camps look at, right? Like, you know, drug usage and stuff like that. There's always reasons on both sides. So it wasn't just Mayweather. I mean, you know, there's so many things that, that, uh, yeah. that kind of prevented this from happening sooner. Yeah, like at, at first Mayweather wanted, like, majority of the purse yeah and then pacquiao said i'll give i'll give you 55 i'll take 45 i'll do whatever drug test you want to do even the night of the fight this was before the marquez fight like in an interview so and then he just didn't he got knocked out so it's not much he can do now yeah like because i ended up passing out after watching ufc on saturday so i didn't see the fight but when i heard from people the next day that pacquiao got knocked out in the sixth i didn't believe it at first like, I had to look it up right away. Yeah, especially <laughs> the way he got knocked out. Oh, yeah. Like, he was just done. Like, he was lifeless right away. And it, it's just like, hard. Like, it was so bad, I figured, like, Chris Tucker would have come out out of nowhere, like, in Friday, and just stood yeah, over him. Like, you, you got knocked the fuck out. That's yeah. how bad it was. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm a Pacquiao fan, and it was really hard to watch that. <laughs> just because... Because you're, watching, you're hope... watching everything fall apart. Yeah, any... yeah. Especially after he got completely robbed against Bradley. Like, that was one of the worst decisions ever. Yeah, that was pretty that, bad. That one. was pretty crazy. That was outrageous. Like, I remember I, like, I I tweeted or put it on Facebook. I'm like, man, I mean, yeah, Manny Pacquiao wins again. And then the decision came in. I'm like, oh, I better delete that. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's pretty clear that he won, but I don't know what they were look, the judges were watching. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that stuff happens, especially in combat sports, too. Yeah. Oh man, I remember in, in UFC like Cecil Peoples was bad for some stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Like as a judge, he was pretty bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now onto UFC, which was also on Saturday night. We had Rory McDonald completely dominate BJ Penn. Uh, Benson Henderson. Dominated. Yeah, oh, he dominated, dominated Diaz. Diaz. Diaz, little controversial with the middle finger and everything. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's a, that's a Diaz I mean, thing. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That's what they do. I saw a lot of people crying about that. I'm like, you have never watched Come a Diaz on, like, fight. Do you yeah. not know who these that's guys are? The why I, I think I, I like the Diaz brothers so much. It's not this, like the fact that you know I don't like. I'm not into guys that walk around and act like they're badasses and they just want to like you know hurt people because they they're MMA fighters. But the Diaz brothers like they really don't care who you are. They don't give a shit. You can tell that if you were like 300 pounds. Nate or Nick Diaz would be willing to fight you. Yeah, they would take on anybody. Any yeah, I'll give them credit that they, they yeah. don't care who you are. They will. Yeah, they have the I don't give fight. a fuck yeah. mentality. Exactly. Which, yeah, I love about them, but you have to back it up, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, let's talk about the BJ Penn fight quickly. Is, is he just. Do you think he's, like, officially uh, done? I think I think that's it for BJ. I think that uh, BJ. You know, they, 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 like, they like to say at 170, he's, he's a lot slower. He's not as good as he is at 155. But I, at 155, there's not much for him either. I mean, when you look at the like the uh, the caliber of guys that are in that division now, it's just ridiculous. Like, you got guys that are just, like, all-round experts at, like, multiple, you know, uh, uh, different styles. And it's like, BJ kind of comes from a generation where it was like, you know, you're a master at, like, one, two, one or two. And you know he's, his jiu-jitsu is great, his boxing is great, but when you got a guy like like Ben Henderson, who's like a Taekwondo black belt that can wrestle and grapple with you and you know submit you, it's just it's it's I mean it's too much for a guy like BJ Penn, and especially because he's not not to say age is a big factor in in, in MMA, but you know he's getting up there, and I just think he kind of lost his passion after that GSP fight. He kind of the drive was kind of just. You know, uh, 
kind of just, you know, uh, disappeared. Yeah, I felt <laughs> leading up to that GSP fight and then after he lost, I just thought that his his drive was gone. Like, his yeah. back part was just... Like, yeah. it was it was do or die in that fight with GSP, and when he lost, he was like, all right, forget yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like he was facing... Like, he was facing Rory McDonald, who's, who's one of the best young fighters in the UFC. So it's not like... He was facing a scrub, and he like just got yeah, it wasn't just, just lost some to a scrub. Cane they brought like in. yeah, they were just like, okay, you're getting a big name guy. We're going to put two big name guys, an up and comer, and like a legend, and you have to do your thing. Yeah. And McDonald, he completely dominated no, he him. Yeah. Like I'm not a BJ Penn fan, so I, I liked watching it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, to me, it wasn't. I, I anyone could have predicted that. I mean, like, yeah. the performance against Nick Diaz, right? That was. Just you just could you could see that BJ doesn't have regardless as to what weight class it is it's just not the same BJ Penn it's just not the same he doesn't move the same you know yeah he's definitely much slower now yeah he doesn't uh, it's just totally different I even thought I think it was uh, that one title fight he had the one before GSP and it went the distance and he was just so gassed just by the time the uh, the fourth started well, uh, or it might have been. Might have been not a title fight, but by the time the last round started, he was just absolutely done for. Like he's just not into it anymore. Mm. And yeah, sure the the game has changed since you know his heyday when he was the king of you know multiple divisions, but it's it's just not there anymore for him. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not there. I, I don't uh, I don't see BJ ever you know becoming a, a title contender. Uh, again, oh no, he'll just he'll just be a name on the card now. Yeah, so, okay, so you think he'll come back to fight again? If he comes back this, to fight, he'll be a name on the card. I, this won't be he'll, he'll just be a draw basically. This won't be like that debacle of when they had Hoist Gracie come back and fight Matt Hughes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was bad. That was pretty <laughs> bad. I don't, I don't. I see. That's the thing. I don't like the the idea of fighters coming back, you know, and, and fighting with like this deteriorated uh, like body, you know, or or um, mind, whatever it is, you know. It's just like. You're not the same. Give it a rest. You know, like you know, just take it easy and don't uh, don't worry about the name anymore. It's like there are so many other like uh, paths you can take in, in a sport like that. You know what I mean? And BJ is not BJ. He's he's a very very uh, uh, savvy guy when it comes to you know jujitsu, boxing, stuff like that. Like why don't you just start training people or, or, or open up a BJJ gym or something like that. Now, I don't know if he if he, he probably owns an MMA gym, I think somewhere in Hawaii. Yeah, I can I can see that being Yeah, I mean the there's case. so many different uh things that you can do. Just like if your body just can't handle it anymore, like just stop. Don't keep coming back. That's that's my theory on it. Well yeah. it's true, like if you can't hang anymore, there's no point in even trying. Yeah, it's a bad thing. A lot of people just have too big of an ego to just say Okay, I'm I'm, I'm washed up. up. Yeah. For the longest time, Ken Shamrock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. you'll have, like it's BJ. A bad, bad beatings. For yeah, that like BJ will probably have, try to come back for another fight or two. Yeah. He'll wait until he wins or like a respectable loss. Yeah. But yeah, like like you said, he just train people, being other people, being other fighters' corner, corners at fights. And yeah. Announce something new. Yeah, because even that's what Frank Shamrock started doing. He started announcing. Yeah. Maybe a Bruce Buffer or something. An announcer? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. So, yeah, Bruce. Okay, let me let me get a day. Let me get a night in. No, but uh, what about what do you think about Rory McDonald's antics during the fight? The, the taunting was a bit excessive. I think. Like by it, by, now, by the now, by the, the end of the third when he was doing that, I'm like, okay, yeah, we get it. You've won this fight. Yeah. You don't have to do it this whole time. So do you think that that kind of lessens his respect as a as a as a fighter now or? Kind of. And the thing I think brings down respect is his uh, post-fight interview. Like, I don't know what about it. I just really did not like that. Yeah, I remember seeing you post online saying that he, this guy he should, should not be allowed on the mic. Ever. Like, Yeah. Okay, the way I see it is Roy McDonald's a great fighter. I'm not taking anything away from that. But, again, I mean, I don't have a problem with being, uh, you know, a little cocky in the ring. Like, yeah, being a showboat, sure, that can be pulled off as long as it. you don't... Yeah, like yeah, if you like yeah. if you like Anderson Silva and like you oh no sorry John Jones and you like go down all fours and you like crawl to them and then you kill them I'm fine with that yeah. but if you taunt them and then like you get just for example like, you taunt them and get like knocked out well then that's bad but in McDonald's case he taunted and he dominated so it's not by the end of it I think the taunting was just a bit of overkill yeah that's but true that's what I do though I compared it to Anderson Silva. 
right? When you look at Anderson, he does it because this is complete domination. Yeah. And he's not sitting there going, oh, come, come, come. Like, he's not sitting there telling, like, he's even, he's, finger he's even like put that. his hands not, up. He just tells you to punch him. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll, let, let you, he'll let you hit him. It's, he'll give you the free shots. You know what I mean? He'll uh, dance or do his, his capoeira, you know? Stuff like that. And people uh, love to say, oh, he's taunting and he's being disrespectful. It's not disrespect when you got a guy that just can't hang with you Right, and you just want to just put on a show. I mean, that's what these guys are getting paid for, right? Put on a show. Let the fans get, sit, like you know, sit there and be like, "Holy shit, man! I, like, this I guy's fucking. He, he, he's playing with this guy. Yeah. He's playing oh, yeah. with I him. don't know how many times I've seen Anderson Silva just toying with somebody because he knows he's just gonna destroy them. Yeah. That's it. Like the thing I say is that if you have a problem, like if the person facing Silva has a problem with the taunting stop him <laughs> like <laughs> if you if you like if you get completely dominated by him and then you cry about the taunting that's your fault because yeah. he's a right to taunt if he, he's just toying with yeah, exactly. you exactly you do something but if he him. if he lets you like punch him and then you knock him out and then then you that can say anything you want after. yeah exactly that was like during that you pen fight I, at the press conference <laughs> <laughs> that's like during that pen fight i wanted to see him get knocked out just because of how close mcdonald came a couple times at least mm-hmm he just he I mean, rocked him yeah. a few times. He did, he did catch like, him. Like, I was waiting times. for him to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically, like, if you're top tier, like, Silver mm-hmm. or GSP or Jones, mm-hmm. I don't mind the taunting. But if you're, like, an up-and-comer and you taunt... Maybe scale it back a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Like, I don't mind I a bit. Like, maybe before, at the press conference, after. But, like, during the fight, I don't want you... That reminds me of... Uh... During was it the second season of The Ultimate Fighter, when Rashad Evans was on there, and Matt Hughes took like heavy offense to in his first fight on the show that he was taunting the guy the, like the entire fight. Mm-hmm. But then Matt Hughes is a bit of a prick. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Rory calling out Condit? That's the thing I kind of had. Like I don't mind it too much, but uh, what what do you say exactly? Like he said that he wants Carlos Condit because Carlos Condit humiliated him. Yeah, and he wants his revenge. Yeah. I don't mind that too much. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Yeah. No. It's just like it's just like if someone like that, that's happened so much. Yeah. Like if somebody wins and they're like, I want a title shot. It's like the norm these days. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how many times I've witnessed guys they lose to one guy and then they immediately want another fight against him or like yeah. these long strung out like three fight series that these guys would have with each other. Yeah. Whether it be like Couture Liddell or T Shamrock. Yeah. Like Hugh Saint Pierre like. All that. Yeah, it, it happens so much that it's normal these days. Yeah. <clears throat> How do you think that fight would uh, go? The Condit, Condit McDonald. Uh, well, Condit's always been on top of his game for the most part. Yeah, he. <laughs> and uh, McDonald, if he's if yeah, he's going to improve more, Condit impressed what he did me. in the pen fight, then I think he'll put up more of a fight against Condit yeah, the second Con- time around. Yeah, Condit impressed me in his last fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if he can fight like that against McDonald and like it'll be a great fight either way if it happens but I think it will <laughs> yeah yeah I think it would be good I think uh I think cottage striking is just stellar uh McDonald on the other hand it seems to really be developing a a uh crisp uh hand uh game his punch yeah like if you saw the oh yeah right now. some of the combos that he was he was even throwing on Saturday like this guy has improving. If you saw each, the significant, if you saw yeah. the significant strikes stats, stats. Oh, he, he had he like, like yeah, he had like over a hundred like, more than oh, them. Yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. He, he's really, and I was watching tapes with him sparring with uh, Mike Ricci, the guy that's competing in the Ultimate Fighter finale, and I mean these guys, these guys are going more, like full out, and they they just look incredible. It's like crisp, clean strike. A lot of times you watch guys spar, it's like. Uh, you know, but no, I mean, these guys at, at, at TriStar, they're really working them, and then, and that's the thing, you know, I mean, a guy like Condit, you know, that, that, like, it's, it'll be a great stand-up war, that's what I, I believe. I do, however, think that Condit could still pull off another decision over him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Condit's just, it, not only is he a great striker, but he's a guy, he's like a, a Diaz, where it's like, you can't finish him. You can do whatever you want to Con is gonna keep coming at you. You know what I mean? He has too much he that's a guy with just like a, an inexplicable amount of heart. 
You know what I mean? And that's what gets you far in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sport like that. You have the, the will to keep going. You have the, you know, endurance and just, just freaking solid chin, man. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I could see it going either way. Yeah, it's a fight I'd love to see. Yeah, it would be good, definitely good. We can go on more with that. Diaz, uh, the Anderson middle fight. finger. <laughs> Not just the middle finger. Well, let's talk about that first. <laughs> like we talked about how Diaz, the Diaz brothers are known for their taunting. Like they don't care what's happening. But did you like that, the finger? Uh, it doesn't bother me. Um, I wouldn't do it myself. <laughs> yeah, especially I, I, when you're losing. Yeah, I mean. I think that's just like that, if, if it was, that could if, be seen as being a bit if it was of a even sport. if it was even like, like if he's getting his ass kicked so bad that he's just yeah it's that and time. it's the fact that, you know what it's it, it can be very very like effective if you're fighting a guy that likes to fight with emotion and that's when yeah, I, I think that's playing a psychological game getting the guy's head you're getting the guy upset and he loses focus right I see it happen all the time guy will even like that like we were talking about before the taunting or the showboating and stuff that gets the guy upset he loses focus he's fighting with anger. You're able to focus because you know you riled him up. He's losing card. He's fucking just just going 100 miles per hour. He yeah, he's all angry. He he's all reckless. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't care what he's doing when you catch him. Exactly. That's it. The easiest way to make a guy lose focus. Yeah, but so. against a guy like Ben Henderson, nah, I don't know about that. that. That's the thing. Ben Henderson didn't even like. He, he wasn't faced by it at all. No, no not at all. He that's, just kept going. That's, that's the champion. That's a real champion. Yeah. He didn't care. He said, "Okay, you give me the finger. I'm gonna keep fighting." Like he didn't yeah. do it. He, and you know what? He he mentioned in a in an interview before that. He said the the time like that stuff doesn't get me mad. Like Diaz will probably do that, but I like that type of thing. Yeah. You know, he was like, "That's not gonna bother me at all." So he was kind of ready. Yeah, for, for every, every fighter, it's different. Yeah. Like, if he was facing somebody else, and maybe he would have won. If he was facing Brooks Primo. Oh, I'd have kicked his ass, bro. You know, given Brooks Primo the finger, and Brooks would have, like, just been, you know what? I'll take both Diaz yeah. brothers on. Just went and got outside of the ring, got some sort of chair or something, and just let him just have it. Swing it like that. Yeah. <laughs> total, total mayhem. <laughs> I would not want to see Diaz's face after giving Brooks the finger. Nope. You hear that, uh, Diaz? <laughs> Hell in a cell. December twenty, <laughs> December, Contacts. December twentieth. Let's do it. <laughs> TLC. God damn. And I don't mean tender love and care. Iron Man match. Oh jeez. As if we need more MMA guys to try and go over into wrestling. Yeah. Oh, imagine the Diaz brothers in the WWE as a That's tag team. One fighter I could definitely see in wrestling right now is Chael Sonnen. Oh yeah, yes. he, he'd be the best. He's the best promo guy. Have you, have you heard his right now? The yeah. guy is basically cutting promo like he's a pro yeah. wrestler. Like they wouldn't even have to like write scripts for him. He'd no. just go no. on. Yeah. But, but that's what Jail is though. Jail son, yeah. I don't really like him, but I love his talk though. I actually didn't like him at first until I saw a real interview with him. He's actually a yeah. really really cool guy. When he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, Joe that's, Rogan podcast. that's when I became a big fan. And I just recently watched him and John Jones on a Q&A with Dana White for The Ultimate Fighter. And they were actually, they weren't like, you know, trying to, they were actually sitting right beside each other and chill. Okay. It was like, just, just really, uh, you know, straight shooter, man. He was a cool guy. So, even John said it, you know, he's like, I got a lot more respect for chill. I, like, you know, after getting to know him a bit. Yeah, because like, going into that first civil fight alone... He seemed to come off rather dickish. Yeah. And yeah, yeah he he summed totally backed it up by. From Dickland. Oh yeah, Dick of course. <laughs> yeah, he was the mayor of Dickland. Yeah, definitely. But like. Yeah. Then during he, the even yeah he started yeah, like to the back first, it up during the first that fight four and a half rounds. He was he was dominating he that was fight. He was proving that he's which, not just talk. It surprised yeah. me to be honest. And then yeah. he and then he got caught. But, I mean that's. Then he got caught for uh, testosterone I think. The uh, TRT. <laughs> that's another story itself. Testosterone yeah. replacement therapy. Now, Chael has an excuse because apparently his testosterone is low. He's, he, that's how it's always been. But, you know, hey, man, TRT is something that I, I, I know Frank Mir. Frank Mir is uh, supposedly, uh, he takes he does TRT as well. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think all fighters should be able to do that if they wanted to? Or how do you think that would affect uh, I think if they were to allow it, it'd have to be like a certain amount. Like maybe like I've heard Joe Rogan talk about this numerous times how, because one person's testosterone like John Jones his testosterone level is way higher than like a lower guy mm-hmm. like he's just just physical like 
So if they were to allow just, it enough to it's get just, a set amount. It's just natural, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a physical freak, like, naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Joe Rogan always talks about, like, if they could find a way to get, like, let's say John Jones to chill sound. Let's say Sonnen has low testosterone and Jones is high. Give Sonnen enough to get up, like, to make it equal. Level. I agree with that. So, yeah, there's, yeah. like, a set level that yeah. they have to be yes, at, yes. like, collectively. But then another thing is yes. that you're kind of... Yes. I mean, I guess, would that show more talent if they're even... Or does him being a physical freak show more talent? Like basically, he's gifted with a body where Son and or should they make it like they're both equally gifted with a body and it's just talent going head to head? I mean, okay, this, this is the thing. You're doing you you have weight classes in MMA, so regardless, these guys are gonna weigh the fucking same or close to the same. There's only probably about a ten pound difference when these act when these guys actually step into the octagon. Yeah. Because they'll weigh in at the same weight. Overnight, they'll gain back whatever they oh, want. Oh, they gain like 15 right? pounds. Yeah, a lot of times they're gaining back the same amount of weight, right? You get these guys in the ring, or sorry, in the octagon, whatever. They, if they, if they both have the same level of testosterone, it makes for a more, I, I would say, more interesting matchup. Simply because, I mean, you're taking two guys that are pretty much built the same. They might look a little bit different. One guy maybe, you know, sculpted a little better. But they're the same, ideally the same weight, right? And, you know, you have them go at it with the same amount of testosterone. That's, to me, that's real competition. That's real competition. Just evening the playing field evening in one aspect. Yeah. That's it. And then yeah. just let whatever skill they have yeah. do that's the rest it. of it. Yeah, because when I you... Can, I can see your point with that. Yeah, that makes total sense. That's yeah. it because, I mean, and, and that's the thing. The, they, they should be doing constant tests on these guys to see what is going wrong. Because, I mean, you'll get guys, uh, the littlest things... Are, are, are kind of in, in indicative of a, of a lack of testosterone in this sport, right? You get guys that that, that have uh, impaired vision, guys that wear glasses that are fighting, right? And and you know uh, testosterone and with testosterone, the more you have, the more the more neurons are uh, the more that more neurons the visual uh, cortex can actually uh, uh, um, produce. So the more neuro, so the more testosterone you have. The visual, the more uh, neurons can be uh, produced in the visual cortex of the brain. That meaning, meaning when you when you when you take a fighter and if he has a high testosterone level, right, it's more it's chances are he's gonna see a bit better, right? If a guy if a guy can't see for shit, right, what does that tell you? He might have some, he might be lacking testosterone or he might need the extra testosterone. It, it could it could aid in that. It, you don't we don't know that, right? You give a guy that that wears glasses some extra testosterone. Oh, I could you know I could focus a bit better on this fast moving object, on this fast moving human being. You know what I mean? That's what it's that's what the whole idea of uh, I, I think TRT um, is, right? Yeah, I'd like to see them experiment with it. That would be like if if they can find a way to get the levels roughly the same. Like I wouldn't say they they get them exactly. Yeah. But roughly the same, I'd love to see yeah, that. Yeah, they did some sort of like trial where they could have two yeah. guys yeah. somewhat get like raise a fit, yeah, get like a physical freak. Yeah, yeah. So they can see. Because yeah, when you think about it, have, yeah, yeah, when you think about it, like, I guess you could say it's unfair that one guy is just has better genetics, basically. Yeah. Because like, let's yeah, let's keep going with Chell Sonnen and Jones. If Jones just has bad genetics, sorry, Sonnen just has bad genetics and he's a low testosterone. Yeah. And Jones has amazing Gen X, then you're basically, yeah, it's it's an uneven playing field, like, because there's nothing really that Sonnen can do unless he cheats to get to the same level that Jones is at, testosterone rise. So I guess, yeah, just so yeah, it would only, maybe it would, the, it would only really level them out in a somewhat physical aspect, yeah, like with testosterone. So basically, it'll bring it all to. How they're wrestling or how they're striking or what have you like yeah it would basically that'll it would, be the determining yeah, would, factor in the fight yeah it would style. focus yeah, more on their skills the, the skill. though <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. it man you know that's a, these guys a lot of these guys are, are lacking testosterone and i don't think that everyone's doing things about it i don't think lot, you know there's a lot of action <laughs> being taken on the fact that these guys are lacking testosterone and and that could be the reason as to why certain fighters aren't performing the way they, they should be or the way that we're used to seeing them perform. BJ Penn is a good example. Who knows? That could be that could be an issue as well. You, you never know, right? Um, 
really, really weird thing nowadays, testosterone replacement therapy. Well, up until, like, that whole thing with Sonnen, I didn't really even know too much about that, the TRT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, he's like, what, 12 to, no, I think it's, I don't know, it was 10 to 1 or something like that? What was something? You got your, I mean, it was, you have FE testosterone, you got regular testosterone. I'm not sure which one was which, but I know it was like 10 to 1, something like that. Alistair Overeem. Yeah, I was just about, <laughs> was just about like to bring up over, Overeem, like yeah. That. That's fucking That guy's just ridiculous, though. Yeah, and that guy, that, that's the guy that eats, like, horse meat and shit, yeah. man. Oh, he eats meat, that's why yeah. my testosterone high. <laughs> Yeah, when you look at him when he's over in was it K one? Yeah. He was a skinny guy. Yeah, seeing him in K one actually is a problem. I was too. actually you know what's funny about that? I was actually watching an Alistair fight last night. And he was like, yeah, he was like he was skinny but he was kinda of ripped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had like yeah. he had the definition, he had everything there. Yeah, and then over the years he has built up the size. Exactly. More. So I, I don't really I don't wanna say that it's all t- it's it's steroids, you know what I mean? That guy had the muscle definition, he had everything, all he had to do Maybe lift heavier for a couple of years, take some supplements, and that that's all. Just na- that could be just natural, man. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you could just be a late sprout. Everybody yeah. always jumps to the conclusion that it's roids, especially yeah. with Overeem, just because of in his earlier fights in K1 or in Pride, where yeah. he was a bit of a smaller guy. Yeah, still ripped and all that, but you see him even when he made his debut in UFC or some of his more recent fights, and the guy is just massive. Yeah. But the the conclusion people always jump to is roids. Yeah. But there's more to it. There's much more to it. Yeah, much more. Now, you look at a guy like Brock Lesnar now. This is about Lesnar's been up. big all the time. Well, when when he first entered WWE, he was he was ripped. He was ripped. But he wasn't as big. He was like his chest was like kind of small, his stomach wasn't there. And then that, in the well, UFC, like that he was, was also before he decided to get a dick tattoo on his chest. <laughs> the sword. Hence why he is. I didn't say that, Brock. If you hear that. No, I said it. Yeah, I'm um, talking to you, Cock Chesner. Cock we don't Chester. hate on you and your Minnesota home. <laughs> don't send Sable oh to get God. us. Cock Chesner. Um, fuck, that's amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah, when he first he... came to UFC, no, he he t- he got really flabby, like he yeah. lost definition. Yeah. That could have been first time like, he, yeah. between like he got he got bigger, but yeah, he got even more like that's, that's skin that's you what could made see. Me think he might have been on something because in WWE he was like fucking sculpted, man. But when he went when to he left UFC, WWE, there was a time the period of time where he tried out for the Vikings, yeah, failed miserably, and then he was wrestling in Japan too. Yeah. And yeah. I think during that time he might have like I guess lost some of that like cut he had. Yeah, but then he, when he finally came to UFC, you could tell. Because yeah, when you're different. when you're training for your, I mean, sorry, when you're training to like WWE, which is all show, like you have you have to like Chris Masters, remember him? Mm-hmm. He was just ridiculously jacked. So you have to like train harder for that for the appearance. Yeah. And then when you go to like the Vikings, like you need to be strong, but you don't need to have like a eight pack. That's true, but with especially MMA as a training. defensive tackle. Hmm? Yeah. As a defensive tackle, they don't have to be the most cut guys. Too. Yeah. So like you might, he, he he was probably still working at a high level, but not as much. And then when he came to the UFC, he had to obviously take. He had to worry about everything. Yeah. But that's the thing with MMA training, you rip, you become more ripped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you are doing, you are adding weights, you're adding, you know, uh, like calisthenic calisthenics and whatnot, um, and that that's those sort of things make you a lot more defined. So, it, 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 like, in his case, I don't know what it, like, why, but he looked a lot more flabby and a lot less yeah. defined. As he and then, yeah, after the, after the oh, surgeries, you can yeah. see he became a bit more flabby after the first one. Yeah. And then the second one, he came back, he was... When yeah. he fought Cain Velasquez, he looked great, man. Yeah. He looked great. But didn't, not, not uh, stylistically. <laughs> <laughs> he looked great, but... Yeah. It's too bad it didn't help him in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy shit. Do you ever see him coming back? Lesner? No, no, no. Lesnar, I, no. And I, I, I think he, he had said it too. He said, no, I'm not. Yeah, I, he, he went to the WWE. He quit that right away. Yeah. <laughs> like I a think, month in. He got his big payday from that, so he was happy. Yeah. yeah. I think in terms of physical, like, career, like, careers that are really, that involve a lot of physical contact and whatnot, I just say stay away from it, man. Yeah. If he never had those that surgery, if that he never had those surgeries, yeah. I could still see him being near the top right now. Yeah. That those things like his yeah, medical. Because yeah, they're they're, they're, they're like a lot of people come. They're like, oh, he's a fucking pussy. 
and like yeah. those are life-threatening mm-hmm. i forget what it was sorry but uh yeah they're life sort of like crazy virus wasn't it? Stuff, yeah, yeah they, and got like, twice and yeah, they're life threatening that, yeah. that that can be like a life-threatening thing so stuff like that is hard to vanquish man i'm telling you you know it has to when it's all when it has to anything to do with your stomach stuff like that like you gotta yeah. take that seriously yeah man big time big time yeah i remember in like uh in high school some guys was like Oh, listen's done, man. He's a pussy. He doesn't want to fight anybody. I I looked at him like, do you not realize what just happened to him? <laughs> like, he had surgery on a life-threatening illness, and you call him a pussy. That's not something you can like bounce back from overnight. Yeah, it's not like oh, I had surgery. Okay, let's go bench press tomorrow. Yeah, like you. Uh, it's, it's not like overcoming rehab. turf toe. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I think we're done here. This was the second episode of Roughing the Podcaster. We talked about MMA. We talked about WWE. We talked about boxing. What's up, Pacquiao? We talked about a lot of football. I'm Brooks Primo. I got Matt McLeod, our MMA and boxing analyst, Etienne Logan. Hey, man. And then the man, McNeil. Sorry if I, he had if to I leave. sound really upbeat. I'm, I'm, like, so tired, man. It's okay, yeah, man. I'm, I'm here with a massive cold. That's why. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have a sore throat right now. That's why yeah. I'm coughing. And It's rough for all of us. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one day we're going to record, we get sick. Yeah. Go figure. All right, so I don't think we'll be doing another one Thanks before. Thanks telling me now, after locking me up in a room with all types of floating bacteria. And <laughs> yeah, you're, you're contaminated too. I don't think we'll be doing another one before Christmas, so... You don't think so? Merry well, Christmas. Well, we only have school till Friday, and then yeah, we're right. done. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah, happy yeah. Hanukkah to all you too. Yeah. Kwanzaa, bitches. <laughs>